today, praise God, we're going to talk about motherhood, the greatest vocation on earth. Hallelujah. Just like fatherhood. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Today is Mother's Day, a day we are all called to honor our moms. And we can't imagine where we'd be without her, right? When you think about your own mother, you know, in, uh, maybe some of us, like us, we our mothers are gone. Doesn't matter, we still praise God for having had a mother and a father. Yes. A father and the way they raised us, you know. She taught us to pray. We can still hear her saying, you better pray that that comes out of that carpet. <laughs> A lot of things that our mothers said to us and that she instilled a sense of in the imagination in us. Don't do that again or else again. And she taught us how to anticipate. Just you wait until your father comes home. Said that. We heard that a lot, right? You know, we were afraid of our father. They don't use that no more. No more fathers to come home to. Yeah, well, that's true. You hate to say that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. She taught us, and still they're teaching us a lot. Glory to God. Oh, she would say, God's going to punish you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Not knowing that he doesn't punish you. Yeah, well, my mother used to that my father would punish us. Yes, she yeah, wanted yeah, us yeah. to be afraid of our father. Yes. Yeah. He used to get angry at that. Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. But in many of the today's homes, there's not discipline. There isn't a godly discipline. Praise God. Because that would bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. And some people are not doing that. So that's why you've got to pray even for, say, your little ones or grandchildren and their friends. Their friends. Because when you see what they are dealing with in the schools and allowed to do, it's shocking. It really is. They always say, oh, you're so old-fashioned. Old-fashioned, my eye. Glory to God. What's not of God and they're doing is terrible. Oh, hallelujah. But seriously, we love our moms. And the motherhood is a great and godly vocation. Would you turn me to our first scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6. One to three. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. You know, I believe that if we only realize that that could be the reason why so many people die young. Mm. Uh, that would be one of the reasons in their lives 
Yes, if they didn't honor their father and mother, then how could it be well with them? How could they live long on the earth? Because they would be passing that on to their children, and their children likewise. The Lord doesn't want that. This, it has a repercussion when you're not doing what the Word of God says. See, uh, it is great. It is great to love them. Honor your father and mother. Glory to God. It's a, uh, motherhood and fatherhood are a special position of honor higher than that of any walk of life under it. Uh, the Lord distinguishes father and mother above all other persons on earth and places them next to him. The same way that we honor him, glory to God. In God's eyes, motherhood is higher than any walk of life. So you may say, what about the vocation of a doctor? Well, who does a doctor serve? He serves families. The vocation of a doctor may pay more than parents, but it exists. he exists to serve parents and families. Hallelujah. Would you turn to Romans 13, 1 to 7? This will just give us a little backup before we go on. Romans 13, 1 to 7. Okay. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, meaning judgment, if we resist the powers of God. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he our God is he is the minister of God to thee for good but if you do that which is evil be afraid for he bears not the sword in vain for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake, for your own conscience. For this cause pay ye tribute, in other words, the taxes also, that we know we have to pay anyway, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
So the Lord is saying to us, in other words, the governments exist to protect and defend families, to pass policies that enable mothers and fathers to be mothers and fathers. We know that the way a lot of households are today, one parent could be either just a mother or a father, and sometimes there'll be that other half there. And we know that all goes back to not being married and living together and all that. And that's why the Lord is just reminding us of this throughout prayers, how we are to pray for one another. Because I know even in our own families there's a lot of that going on. And they see no wrong in it. That's the whole thing. And their children, their children are the ones that are going through much because of it. There is no vocation higher than being a parent. It's not that the people who serve in the vocation of parent are somehow more important than the people who don't. People are people, equal creations, and if they confess Christ, they are equally redeemed. I believe that even when you pray in tongues, you're praying for people to get saved. The people that you know are not saved and that they need that so much, not only for themselves but for their families. This is something that we have to pay, pray for. Do you ever realize that with us, being with the Lord for as long as we have, it's just automatic that wherever we are, I don't know, but when we're leaving, like even when we're checking out someplace and we thank them, and I always say, God bless. Do you know that they will whisper, God bless, back? It's amazing. It's amazing. Because after I walk away, I say, Linda, how do you know what they're going to say? I said, but to me, it's automatic. And I have really, really got to say, no one has ever not said thank you because they know themselves, even if they don't have the Lord, they need him. That's what I believe, and I believe that we have to do as the Lord leads us. But it's a very, very common thing, praise God, to do this, and I'm sure it is with you too. What the scriptures teach is that the vocation of parent is more important than any other vocation and that the proper ordering of vocation places, uh, of vocations, places fatherhood and motherhood on, on top. Now, you see, we, we celebrate this Mother's Day, and then we'll be celebrating Father's Day. A lot of people don't realize how important that is that we do that. It is an honor for us to celebrate a Mother's Day and Father's Day. Glory to God. We live in an upside-down world. Our world tells women motherhood is a hindrance. Children are a drag. Imagine, imagine that. That's a sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So what do they offer women? Deliverance from the burden of children. That's what they're offering them. Deliverance from the burden of children. 
to exercise a woman's right and choose fewer children, not this child, no children right now, or no children ever. I believe you know some people who are thinking that way, and that didn't come from God. Well, I know, in fact, that it's very, very sad because someone in our family they're married for a long time, and they want a child so badly, and it hasn't happened. And I think that there are a lot like that, and yet you have other people that don't want them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the opposite. And that's who we're praying for. Mm -hmm. We know that the Lord will do it. Glory to God. For He, as we said, He is mighty. As important as other vocations are, and they are very important, and God calls men and women to serve in a sundry assortment of them, we can't mislead men and women into thinking this vocation over here is what's really important, or that occupation over there needs me, or this calling is what really matters. Motherhood and fatherhood are more than any of the others mm -hmm. because it is it is of God glory glory to God we must remember that and hold on to that glory to God hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord so now we're going to be doing a lot of reading here but it's important that we do because this here is wonderful to explain to us about womenhood in 1 Samuel, in the Old Testament, praise God, 1 Samuel, hallelujah. We're going to read all of 1 Samuel 1. Nikki doesn't like us reading that much, but it's important. And he will like it when we read it all. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Amen. God. <laughs> it's about Hannah and her barrenness. Okay. Got that, Mary? That's the it's the after Ruth. Samuel. One Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. After Ruth. After Judges. Ruth. Samuel 1, Samuel chapter 1. Okay? Now there was a certain man of Grandma in Zophin of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeraham, the son of Elihu, the son of Toyu, the son of Zup. Sounds like soup. <laughs> and Ephrite. And Ephrite. And he had two wives. That's what they did in those days. We don't do that now. <laughs> the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. 
And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, really a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. So the other wife didn't like her and provoked her also. And in verse 7, And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore Hannah wept and did not eat. And when said Elkanah her husband to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? And why aren't you eating? And why is your heart grieved? Am not I better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept much. And she vowed a vow, notice the vow now, and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid and remember me and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, not only a child, but a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. That was the vow. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli, that was the priest, mocked her mouth, now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said to her, How long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. In other words, she's praying to God. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And notice what he said, And the God of Israel Grant thee thy petition that you have asked of him. So Eli had prayed for her to get pregnant. And in verse 18, and she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went away and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad after that prayer. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. They were in relations. And the Lord remembered her 
Wherefore came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. In other words, I got what I asked for, what I prayed for. And in verse 21, And the man, Elkanah, her husband, and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. She knew she had to give him to the Lord. She knew it. And there was a reason for the delay. And in verse 23, And her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Do what seems thee good. Tarry until you have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks and one eper of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young. So she kept her word and brought him to the Lord and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli and she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lived, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Now, this whole thing brings us up to see that uh, more or less, even though Hannah had no children, the Lord, through prayer, granted her wish because of her promise of what this young child would do. Not only was he to be a son, but a son of hers and, and a husband that would be the Lord's, wouldn't be living with them, but be living with the priests and doing God's work. That's what she had said, you know. And uh, when Elkanah, her husband, said to Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? She told him. And so this is why Eli, the priest, then prayed with her. But the answer is so wonderful of what the Lord had done for motherhood. In uh, 1 Samuel 2, we will read 18 to 21. Okay? In 1 Samuel 2, 18 to 21. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with a husband to offer the yearly sacrifice 
And Eli, the priest, blessed Elkanah, the husband, and his wife, and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. So in other words, here, the priest was paying, praying for her to get pregnant again. And 21, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived. And not only did she have another child, but she bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So she got, they got their wishes. And still Samuel was serving the Lord. And look in 1 Samuel 3, 19 to 21. And look about Samuel. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all, all travel from Dan, even to the Bathsheba, knew that Samuel was established. In other words, he was ordained to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. He was a mighty man of God. He served God all his life. Our God hears our prayers, hears our promises, not only when we pray for healing, but for things that concern us with him serving him and our families so that we could be that godly example to other people that don't know the Lord. And they would come and ask, I'm sure so many people said, how come your son isn't home? Where is he? What is he doing? You know? And she would tell him, he's serving the Lord. I, I'm sure they looked at us and said, wow, she's cuckoo, you know? But it was true. It was true. And look as to the blessing of more children. Glory, glory to God serving the Lord. That's why the Lord is telling us over and over how important motherhood and fatherhood is. Praise God. Consider the hats a mother wears. A chef, a dietitian, a nurse, a philosopher, a lawyer sometimes, you know, uh, has a moral compass, could be a teacher, manners, has manners and modesty, a life coach, a home organizer, and a chauffeur. We know that more than ever now. Oh my God. A referee and respect to her husband. In short, a mother is a shaper of souls for time and for eternity. Her call, along with fatherhood, is the greatest and highest vocation on earth. There is no greater vocation on earth, for it is God's chosen means to bring children into this world, and likewise, through parents to bring children into Christ's kingdom. That's his aim, and that's what people are doing. They're blessed 
So we say in the Blessed Mother's Day for all the mothers, in Jesus' name. And we'll be doing likewise for Father's Day. But just to know that it is the Lord's calling for us to be mothers and fathers. It's our honor to honor Him in that way. And that's why I'm believing for that one that hasn't had children yet, because the Lord will do it. Praise God. Praise God. Our mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, when there are things that come up like that and you hear about someone not wanting a child so much and not having a child, pray in tongues to them. Pray. Let the Holy Spirit in us pray. And it will be the right prayer and it will happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you're warriors for the Lord. And you get your answers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.